I mean, what I'm going to say, it's definitely going to be controversial, but I can bet you, at least if you find somebody who is homeless in San Francisco, they're not immigrants. They're not immigrants. You move from Mexico, you move from Venezuela, you move from whatever you wanted to move, and you're here, and, and you work your ass off, and you work three jobs yeah. because you need to send money home, right? That's where you see how the system is probably twisted. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of. It doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. There was a, um, a housing project yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco grapples with a housing crisis that challenges families to navigate perplexing American housing protocols in a market whose prices are only getting higher. We're back with Leonardo Shapiro as he gives his perspective on what it's like to find housing in the Bay Area as an immigrant. As we walk through Leonardo's neighborhood, we discuss immigrating to the U.S. and the potential pathways for affordable sure. housing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my name is Leonardo Shapiro. I'm the founder and CEO of this startup called Norelian. And uh, I'm originally from Mexico City. I'm, uh, I lived in the Bay Area for 12 years now, and I've been in San Francisco for the last two and a half. Okay. And this and is my neighborhood. This guess. is your neighborhood. Well, it's not mine. Yeah. It's not mine, though, but this is where we chose to live. There's so much history here. You first came here. For like Silicon Valley stuff, right? Yeah, of course. I, I was I was in the I was in the South Bay and kind of you you would see kind of younger families with kids moving in this kind of you know old heritage houses yeah. in you know Los Altos and, and was Palo it affordable Alto area. back then? I think it's never been affordable. <laughs> it's never been affordable for sure. So I, I remember when we moved uh, and finding a house here is crazy, yeah. right? But just crazy is crazy with a capital C. Yeah. So before we moved, we were in Mexico and we were, we, it was like two weeks before we actually were scheduled to be here yeah. and we didn't have a home. Yeah. We didn't have a place to be, right? And back then everything was done through Craigslist. So we were like, you know, emailing people like, you know, Mexican couple moving to the Bay Area. We'd like to see your house and can we make an appointment? So people would reply and they would say, sure, you know, open houses tomorrow between yeah. one and three. Come here with your background checks, your credit report and, you know, two months of rent. And it's like, what the hell is a background check? Yeah. <laughs> How do I get a credit report? Yeah, because you like literally just came from Mexico. So yeah, you're like, yeah, I, like, I mean, like you're not understanding what the American housing uh, protocols are at all. No, 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 not at all. So, you know, random things that happen in the world. And I, one of the email, one of the people that I emailed, she replied, 
And it was really funny though, because she said, are you Jewish? Mm. And said like, well, I'm Jewish, right? <laughs> I grew up Jewish, but yeah, the Shapiro yeah. would not, you know, let me, let me hide my identity. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm the president of the Jewish community here in Palo Alto, blah, blah, blah. And because of that connection, right? They, they told us we can, we can lend you or we can lease your home for oh, seven wow. months. Wow, right? that's a really sweet setup. Yeah. So we can lose you home for seven months while you find something to do. Mm -hmm. And those seven months became six years. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. So we ended up losing their home for six years. Yeah. At some point he was like, wait, you want to buy your home? Yeah. And he gave us a price. And of course the price was completely out of my range. And, yeah. and it was like, What were they no. asking? I think like two. Okay, geez. Right? Yeah. Six years later, it was five. Oh my right? God. So what you're, you're talking about that in six years, it right? Doubled. It doubled. It, it, it's actually doubled more than doubled, like, yeah. like 1.5x in five years, which is, is ridiculous. You, yeah. you never see that ever like, happening you're, like, in the, the world. Uh, the salaries aren't doubling at that same rate. Oh, no, so, no, no, yeah. no. No, and I know the, this is, I mean, it always clued me, right? Because it's like, well, there has to be a ceiling, yeah. right? How much, right? Yeah, Where yeah. does this stop? When does it stop? Right? I mean, what, what happens? In, in, in five years from now, it's going to yeah. be 10. Yeah. And, and in, in five years from, from 10, it's going to be 20. 20 yeah. It's like, where does this thing stop, right? And, and we're not, you're, you're not seeing it. Are you seeing no, it stop or well, no? No, it won't stop, right? It won't stop. So, so this is what everybody who actually understands about this tells us. It's like, it won't stop because, you know, you have such a little inventory and you have so many people in the world who want to live here. Right, so there's no there's no ceiling, right? Yeah. There's always some other guy or gal who is, you know, looking to pay more than, than what you did. So we moved to the city. I used to actually work in the city and I used to take the train from Mountain View here every day. And uh, so we wanted to move to San Francisco. The kids were in the public schools over there, which are great. And we didn't want to take them out. So the kids left and we decided to move to the city and we did it just when the pandemic was about to rescind. It was like in May of 2021. Yeah. And we found a very different city. Yeah. Right? I mean... What did you find? So, it was like a ghost town. It was like really strange. Downtown is gone. So, I mean, it's, it's, so like, it's kind of coming back now. But downtown used to be such a... I used to work in downtown San Francisco. I mean, that was noon, right? And you could not walk in the street, right? People were just like jumping at you and you were crashing, you were colliding with people who were trying to cross the crosswalk. Yeah. Lunchtime, you, you would go to any of these places and you would see like packed. 30 minute, you know, wait yeah. for a salad. And suddenly, whew, right? Everyone disappeared. disappeared. Yeah? I don't know if you can imagine that was a domino effect. All these, you know, restaurants closed and, and bars closed. And so like if, 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 if it seems like a ghost town and all the bars and restaurants are closing because, uh, you know, no maybe no one's going to them anymore. Doesn't the allure of San Francisco go, go with it? And because of that, wouldn't the housing prices go down at some point? I mean, the city has always attracted so many people. Yeah. And there's... I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. it's a city with so much history. It's like one of the yeah. first cities in California. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so like, you're going to have ebbs and flows naturally, but I guess it has such a strong base that it's really hard to... Definitely. ...to say that no one will come again. So Is this the... Uh... This, this place used to be a really infamous McDonald's. Okay, right? why? So, I mean, I was not here, so I don't know, but I, I, I read there was a really infamous McDonald's where there's a lot of drug use and, yeah. and it was like really, really, really bad. So they shut it down 
maybe 10 years ago, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, and it was empty. Yeah. And kind of recently, they just decided to create this kind of a huge, as you can see, this is going to be like a really, really, really large affordable housing uh, complex. Um, somewhere around here, maybe we can do around, There's there was like a really big sign. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a maybe like 10-story building or something. 10 stories. Yeah, I mean, it's... All it's, for affordable it, housing. All for affordable housing. So I guess like on the affordable housing um, topic, like how have you seen homelessness edge and or ebb and flow in the city since you've been here? So like when you got here at uh, 12 years ago from Mexico City, was it a shock? Was it normal? Like how did it feel um, with homelessness in the city 12 years ago? It was really strange for us because I mean, I come from a city from a country that there's a lot of poverty but it's a different type of poverty. You, normally, kind of the poverty that you would see in Mexico is people who come from, you know, from really rural areas who sometimes they don't even speak Spanish. Yeah. And, uh, and they're completely marginalized, right? Uh, and it's, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it kind of makes you, you know, become numb yeah. of it because it's so hurtful to see it all the time that... At some point, it's just like you don't look at it anymore. You know, what's really interesting about this thing is, and this is something that everybody tells you in San Francisco, yeah. is everybody here is like two paychecks away from becoming homeless, yeah. which is which is crazy, right? Just because it's uh, so expensive. It's so expensive, right? So one of the, you know, really shocking memories that I have of this is I was walking in Market Street yeah. maybe like five, six years ago. And this person approaches me, and it just looked like you and me. He was dressing exactly like you and me right now. And, and he told me, brother, can you help me? And he was like, sure, what's going on? And he was like, you know, I just got laid off. And my girlfriend as well. We've been uh, in the street for the last two days. We haven't eaten anything. And when you don't eat, you don't have a way of, you cannot think, yeah. right? So would you buy me something to eat? for me and my girlfriend so we can we can get out of this situation. And yeah. of course I told him, come on, let's just go into the Walgreens and buy buy whatever you want. It was like five years ago, maybe. Five years ago. Yeah. And, and you don't know who's behind, you never know who's behind, who, who's that person in the street, right? I mean, what can I say? I think it's also bittersweet because sometimes you see young people who are strong and who are 100% capable of actually working. Yeah. Right? You would say, hey, why don't you, I mean, there's, 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 there's jobs, right? Yeah. They're, they're not jobs lacking in some percent. It's not, it's not that we're like missing it. So why did you decide to, to, to take this life, right? Why you decided to go in, 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 into this street situation? Mm. Because, I mean, I think sometimes it feels, and again, I hope this is not controversial, yeah. but sometimes it feels that it's, it's, it's actually, that's an actual decision. Sometimes you're a victim of your circumstances yeah. and I get it and all those things, but sometimes it's like a decision that I, I chose to be that. Well, I mean, a lot of people, so like some, some one of the uh, people I was talking to was saying that uh, there's people from like all over the country and the state that will come to San Francisco on like drug vacations. Yeah. And basically like, you know, do drugs in the street for a while and, and then go back. And so like there is a, especially like the tenderloin, like, there is an attractiveness to 
one, living on the street because there's not really as many rules enforced there. Yeah. Um, especially in some areas of San Francisco. And also like eventually you begin to have a community there and it's much, um, it's much less interesting and fun to be in the closed doors where you can't like see all of your friends yeah. than to be on like the open streets where you're yeah. constantly seeing people pass by yeah. you. Um, and like you're, you have easy access to like drugs. Um, but then the other side of it is some people kind of don't realize what they're getting sucked into and they get addicted and then they can't yeah. leave. Yeah. There's a, we're, we're going to walk right now through Haight-Ashbury, through yeah. the actual corner, right? Yeah. And there's always a group of people there who it feels like they come from different places just to hang in there. Yeah. So what do you, so like, I, I'm curious if you've seen homelessness get worse or better um, or stay the same since you started living here. I think it's, uh, I think it's getting worse now. Yeah. I don't know what the cause is. I mean, I, I've read a lot of things about, you know, the experiment that Portland did. Where with they the same situation. And, uh, and I think there's a, there's a little bit of a comeback to, well, that didn't work, mm. right? I mean, I think uh, for many, many, many years, you've heard people saying, less police, more social workers. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure San Francisco passed a law not so long ago. Um, it, it might not be San Francisco, it might be yeah. the area, so I'm, I'm not an expert on that, where there was like a like a bar for something that is actually considered theft. So if you would not steal, if you steal less than $1,000, they would not even prosecute you. Right. So a lot of people were taking advantage of that because, and I mean, yes, unfortunately, people it. take advantage of mm -hmm. those things. And if and you go right now walk in Market Street, all the stores are closed, right? Because, I mean, you... If you're a business because, owner, yeah, like uh, who's going to go to a business that has like, a camp? Uh, and it's not just that, right? I mean, if you're a business owner and you work really hard and some, some, somebody just comes and grabs something from you, whatever yeah. their needs are, it's not fair as well for you yeah. as a business owner. Right. right? So you, you're, you're trying to make a, a living there. So people just decide to end up maybe going somewhere else. You think you've seen more of that in the, I mean, uh, in, in the last like few years? So it definitely was more and more and more and more and the car thefts and the catalytic converters stealing yeah, and all yeah. those things. I don't know if you recall, but the, the district attorney was recalled not so long ago, like six no, months ago. That. Yeah, six months ago. So like like six, go, six months, a year-ish yeah. ago, the district attorney was recalled. Uh, Why was that? Because he wasn't acting like all these kind of social policies where I guess if they fail. Yeah. Right? If you want to see it as a startup, I mean, they tried something. And it didn't and work. Failed, yeah. It didn't work. And they needed to iterate on this. So do you think you're seeing a lot of those social experiments fail right now? Like, that's what's happening. I mean, I've, that's seen, what's I've seen, you know, friends and, and people saying in closed rooms right now with, with politicians and so forth, saying, like, I want to stop apologizing for not wanting to step on the shit every time I get out yeah. of my house. I, yeah. I, I want to stop apologizing every time for not wanting to have somebody sleeping outside of my house. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I'm, I know, and you know, San Francisco has this culture of, uh, of being incredibly kind to everybody. And I think it's something that we love and embrace here. But, but I think at some point, people were like, okay, we need to do something about this. Because if not, yeah. we're just going to lose the city. Yeah. 
And, and lose the city to what? Because like, like, there's, there's also this idea, I've been I was talking to some people at a bar yesterday, and they were like, you know, like San Francisco, especially like the Tenderloin, has always had an element of this. Of course. But uh, it is getting worse. But is it getting worse because of the drugs? Is it getting worse because of the lack of like, or the, the more lax policing? Is it getting worse because of uh, increased housing prices? Like just as person living in the city, what do you feel like? Um, would be would be like where you would put the most amount uh, of like pressure. I think it's 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 such a complex problem, Sam, yeah. that it's not easy to point it to point away like that. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I read an interview with a mayor, where uh, I don't know if you remember, but during the pandemic, they opened these really big spaces yeah. where they actually put in tents for people with social distancing and all those things. So somebody was asking the mayor, and he was like, you have $18 billion budget yeah. on the city, right? $18 billion, this is like largely like the GDP of some countries, yeah. right? It's like, it actually is the GDP. It's more than the GDP of the country that is lowest in the APEC um, country, right? country GDP list. And by the way, this is Haight-Ashbury. This, yeah. is, this is exactly the two... The, the, the block and uh, so as you can see there's people who decide just to come and camp here and, yeah. and make it and and she was like well so at some point somebody told her like each tent is costing the San Francisco taxpayers $55,000 it's like with those $55,000 you can house each tent right how do they calculate well, that well because I'm sure the, the amount that they actually invested yeah, for the like project the, the, cost, you divide it by the number the of sweeping tents to, exactly yeah and it was like, with $55,000, you can house every single person who's in a tent in a hotel, yeah. right? So what's going on? And, and I think, again, without being an expert, and I don't know about all these things, yeah. there's so much red tape that yeah. has been built around, around this, which is, she was like, well, you know, we have to, you know, have to police this thing, yeah. and we have to make sure that there's health codes enforced, and we have to make sure that, you know, the separation, and. and yeah, so and you, have that, to, you have to, the, like, like something that yeah, was said so is like, it, the accommodation has to match the needs it, it of the person it, it, as well. There's, I think that's the problem. There's not one thing that you would say, I will do this and I'll fix it, right? Because I mean, I think this is yeah. such a complex problem yeah. that uh, I remember when we, when we were young and they used to play this game. If you were president tomorrow, yeah, what would yeah, you do, yeah. right? Where would you start? And I don't know, right? I mean, definitely housing is, yeah. is a thing. I feel like an idea, it's like, give people base needs, but make it like, like having their base needs covered, but that's also an expensive thing to do. I think that creates its own problems, right? Because uh, I think UBI is a great idea, but it has its own challenges as well, right? Because there's always going to be people who are okay with UBI, and there's always going to be people who are not okay with UBI, yeah. and they want to have more. And how do you manage that situation, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think the second question always is like, who pays for UBI? Mm. Right? How, do you, how do you make this? Well, something that they talk about with UBI, and also what I want to uh, get to next is just like, um, you've had like a lot of conversations with, with like immigrants, like talking about their housing experiences yeah. um, in San Francisco, but... Um, in terms of UBI, what they're talking about is like essentially eliminating all social programs 
and instead basically just converting that into a flat payment for everyone. Essentially easy or it is feasible to give everyone like $2,000 or to start with giving everyone $2,000 a month. Like that was something Andrew Yang was running off of. Yeah. Um, and like it's feasible. I don't, I don't know that would create some inflationary pressures as well, yeah. which could happen as well, right? I mean, we've seen what happens in the pandemic when you flood the economy with a bunch of cash. Exactly, right? yeah, a lot of inflation. So a lot of inflation that, that, that goes as well. So again, I think there's not a specific problem yeah. that you can address. So I think the second one is, and what, what can you say, Sam? I think the, the famous NIMBY stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, which is that project that that you saw on on Hayras Street in McDonald's, which again we can we can Google. But I think it's going to be like two hundred and something wow. people housed in there. Yeah, and, and there's like and, seven thousand, so you only need to yeah. build a couple hundred more yeah. of those. And, then... and, and there was kind of a very specific uh, mechanism on how the chose is going to be there. Yeah. And there's going to be a community center, but at some point, I mean, everybody has the same question, which is like, well, what happens to the value of my assets. Yeah. And what happens to the value of my property? Also, you see a lot of people in California like really saying, yeah, there should be affordable housing. There yeah. should be all those things. It's like, yeah, but not in my backyard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you look at Mountain View and you look at that area and there's so much space and there's but been people don't want so there, much yeah. resistance. What they say is like, well, you know, you're going to deface the landing because you're going to put a building and it's going to be like five stories high yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing is five stories high. So you're just going to change the landscape. Part of the American way of living is you come, you buy a house. Yeah. And very few people have the luxury of actually, you know, buying their house yeah. cash. So you get into this huge amount of debt for 30 years uh, and... Uh, which again, 30 years is a long time. That's right? a heck of a uh, long It's a time. huge commitment, yeah. right? It's a huge commitment. And you hope, you hope that the prices go up. Mm -hmm. And this is how a lot of families, most of the families in, in the United States cannot create wealth, yeah. right? So what happens when somebody makes a decision that affects that? And so I, I'm also like, we were taught, you were just talking about like, you know, building wealth with, um, with housing. And I feel like, Tie, you were tying that into like the American dream. And with Not Alien, like what you're doing, right, is you're trying to help place people all around the world and help make immigration a lot easier. But I'm curious if you have any, um, any stories of people that you've talked to, uh, like immigrants that you've talked to and their experience with, with housing in San Francisco and like buying a house or renting or even like the risk of homelessness too. I mean, what I'm going to say, it's definitely going to be controversial, right? And again, I don't have the data to prove it or anything to show you right now. Yeah. But I can bet you that at least if you find somebody who is homeless in San Francisco, they're not immigrants. Hmm. They're not immigrants. You move from Mexico, you move from Venezuela, you move from whatever you wanted to move, and you're here. And, and you work your ass off and you work three jobs yeah. because you need to send money home, right? And because right. you need, so they're not, they're not homeless immigrants, hmm. which is crazy, right? Or at least the, the, the percentage is much lower. Exactly. I think that's, that's where you see how the system is probably twisted, right? Hmm. Uh, 
So I think that's one. And, and, you, and you hear these stories of when you get a chance to get an Uber driver or when you get a chance to, to, to meet somebody. So, so something that's really interesting. Many, many years ago, when you were in Southern California mostly, yeah. or in Florida, well, so Florida is different because everybody speaks Spanish there, but in, in Southern California, you would see somebody who you, you would know they speak Spanish, yeah. right? And you would try to speak Spanish with them and they would answer in English. And, and he was like, okay, you don't want to speak Spanish, it's fine, right? Yeah. Here, here's a little bit changed, or maybe it's just not here, maybe it's the times we're living on right now, but especially in the area we found that the minute somebody sees us speak Spanish, they immediately speak with us in Spanish. Yeah. They want to entertain a conversation and yeah. have a conversation in Spanish. And uh, and you hear the stories of yeah, I live uh, I live in a you know in a one bedroom or two bedrooms with six others. Wow, six other right? people, yeah. Uh, but that's what I need to do, right? And uh, I work for Uber and I work in a kitchen. And uh, I do everything that I need to do in order to do this because this is what I came to do to this country. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think th that I think that's one. I think the second one is for us. Once when we came to the U.S. at the beginning, of course, buying a home here is so expensive and yeah. it's so crazy. But but we were we didn't understand how this works, right? In a lot of our countries. Mortgages are not as available as are as are here. Yeah. And the houses are not expensive as are here. So when somebody tells you, are you gonna buy a house and, and the house has seven numbers, seven digits on yeah. the price? Was like, dude, no, right? Uh, I'm yeah, not ne ne never gonna buy a home here. Yeah. I, I don't understand how this works. <sighs> we couldn't afford the house that we wanted to buy. Yeah. Of course, we couldn't. Right? So somebody told us, it's like, and again, that's somebody, I don't know if this is because it's my circle, but I was also an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. They said, well, you, what you have to do is like, if you want to purchase a home that is perfect, right? Uh, you're not going to be able to afford it. Right. There's so much people here with so much money. Now they, they go for those, right? They go for the one that you just go and you hang your stuff in the closet and yeah. you're done, right? So it's like, you have to buy a home that requires a lot of work, right? That is in livable conditions, yeah. but you, but you, but you you're going to have you, to fix it up. And then you're going to have to fix it up and yeah. you're going to have to wait like five years till it appreciates a little bit. Yeah. And then you're going to have to refi and get some cash out and do that. That was completely alien for me. Yeah. Right? That was, that's not how I understood as we talked about the hardships many immigrants face when they first get into the U.S. housing market, the conversation shifted to the way San Francisco was covering up certain parts of the city seem more appealing because of APEC. There is an area, you asked me how I see homeless in San Francisco, so I think I want to take you to an area where you can see a little bit of what's happening there. Yeah, because I mean, like something that you see in the city right now is there's like no one. I mean, like there's like you see a few people, but compared to what it was like two, three weeks ago? Well, yeah. I mean, because of Oh, there's a lot APEC. of anger. There's a lot of anger from a lot of people that I've heard, which is like, okay, so how does this work? Yeah. Right? You need to have all the presidents of the world here in order to actually make this happen. Yeah. I think I told you when we were speaking about this, but many, many years ago, I remember the Pope was coming to Mexico. Yeah. Right? And they would put fences where the, where the Pope was actually going to drive yeah. or to pass by the motorcade. So they would not see what was behind. 
behind the fences. Behind the fences. I mean, that's what they're doing here too. Oh, that's exactly what they're doing here I mean, you've seen the seven foot fences that they put up all around APAC. I've not been anytime any, anything closer to that area, but yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, uh, it, it, what it feels like is it feels very much posturing um, just for show. Yeah. These, these solutions, like the, the cleaning up that you're seeing is, I feel like very temporary. They had the same thing happen in the 2016 with the uh, Super Bowl. In, where, in San Francisco, okay. yeah. Same thing happened. Um, they cleaned the streets for like maybe one or two weeks. And then one or two weeks later, oh, right back to where it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, and, and it's, I think that's a, the thing that we've been kind of talking about is like this problem is so complicated. If it could be solved. They've already been solved by somebody, right? Yeah. 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 And it, it, it's just, it, it's not possible. And so what you have is you have these Band-Aid solutions that maybe look good for a couple of weeks, but don't address actually the root problems. And so if you're not addressing the root problems, it's gonna grow back the exact same way as it was. You know, I have a friend who she, I think she used to work in a nonprofit. I think yeah. she, that was related to this. And she was telling us that you have seven days to rescue somebody who ends up in a street situation. Yeah. Forever. It's like, if seven days pass, it's like, imagine the situation where you have to go to the bathroom in the street where you have to sleep in the street. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if, if, if we don't do it street. after seven days, we lose them forever, right? It's like addiction, drugs, yeah. everything related to that. So, and like the trauma the, the, that you the experience span on the is like too. so small, yeah. right? Yeah. It's also the, yeah, the trauma you experience, it's like, um, it can be really intense. Um, and that's, I think that's the, the other thing. It's like, the more time you spend on the street, the more, you're exposed to possible trauma. If you're exposed to possible trauma, then you're gonna to wanna to use more. Yeah. Um, so we were saying, mm -hmm. is this, is this, is there? Yeah, this is the area that I just want you to walk. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this has been on and off. Yeah. Uh, where at least from this area, you really get to see the extent of the problem. Yeah. Right? Because I mean, in, in Haid, Ashbury, it's really touristic. And, yeah. Uh, and you see a lot of people camping in the streets, but like, like gatherings and all those things. This area, which is this corridor, which is gonna walk right now. Uh, I think you can, and it's much better. Uh, it was really bad. It became better, and now it's starting to come really bad. So, really? Then, yeah. Even with APAC? I think a lot of people from APAC probably was sent here. Interesting. But, that's, I don't know, that's interesting. Like but so that's where everyone's going. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if it's everyone, but there's not too much, but you're going to see definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I could help you with that. But yeah, probably. Let's, let's take a look. Yeah. Yeah. And is that like the freeway overpass there too? It's, this is yeah. Gary Boulevard. Mm. It's not the freeway, but it's. That's like a whole setup too. Yeah. Got a TV. This is much better now. This yeah. place used to be full. Full of like, yeah. like from- Full of tents. From, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is interesting that like, 
I, I, I've been, I have been all over the city and there really hasn't been um, uh, as, as many like tents and such. Um, the, the like, like in all the areas that I have been going. Yeah. And I think as you, as but, you probably before, mentioned it. Like literally all of this yeah. was tents, like yeah. all, all the way up. Yeah. Wow. And it was like a, probably a, a month ago started to be. Well, it's, I mean, I, I think that just speaks to how much APEC has uh, uh, affected the city. Like literally everywhere in the city, you're seeing a lot less homeless. Um, but like, are they actually being taken care of? Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our audio editing team lead is Ashley Jimenez with support from Jessica Morales, Miley Lipton, Siyu Pan, Kenny Ray, Josie Yo. Matt Fernandez and Merritt Hill. Our outreach and research team lead is Desiree Nunez with support from Marissa Granados, Monica Lee, Sarah Tiersma, and Yao Wu. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.